It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. We're back on the Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. Joining me now is Joey Jones, a retired Marine, a Fox News contributor, host of the podcast, Proud American. Joey, it's good to have you back. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I am, like you, a proud American. I will always be proud of this country. I will say that the images that we are watching, the reports that we are seeing, the profound likelihood that many, many people, including Americans and people that we made a blood oath to, will be left behind in this chaos. I cannot say that I feel an immense sense of pride at the moment. I feel a great deal of sadness and shame, honestly. And I'm reading your Twitter feed particularly closely this week. And I know that you have very profound feelings about this. You have extra skin in the game here, knowing a lot of people who are stuck right now, or at least in contact with people who are stuck in Afghanistan. As you are involved in your efforts to try to get people out, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Well, <laughs> we're, it's in dire straits right now. A lot of people have resigned to, to believe they're not going to be able to get out, at least not during this time. I don't know if they keep hope that we'll go in and get them after we've pulled all of our forces out. This over-the-horizon kind of myth, I, I think, is, is a hope for some people. But, I mean, just to give you an idea, case in point, I was speaking with a guy last night and then again this morning. Um, his interpreter from 2015 came here, became a U.S. citizen, Went back a year ago, a little bit over a year ago. Got married to his his traditional marriage. She's an Afghan citizen. They got married. She's nine months pregnant now. He's back here. They've been trying for three or four months to get her U.S. citizenship through the SIV process. And what people aren't understanding is that our embassy, I believe, was closed due to COVID. Our the headlines three weeks ago were a lot of veterans complaining that the government wasn't processing these people before this happened. And I think that's a point of this nobody's talking about. But to wrap up this story, this man's wife was standing essentially where the bomb went off this morning at 6 a.m. And it just happened to be that my friend who served with this interpreter, his brother is a Marine at Kabul, and he finally just said whatever. And he went out and got her without permission and brought her in. And a few hours later, there's a bomb there. And that's kind of where that, that's where we are now. We have service members doing the right thing essentially against lawful orders because that's what they know to do and their brother served with this person or they served with this person and now they're there guarding that that airport and that's the kind of dire situation where people are having to choose between what they could be in trouble over or saving someone's life and our service members should never be put in that position you tweeted this cowards kill innocent people and coward leaders give them the opportunity national disgrace global tragedy obviously that is a very powerful series of sentiments there if you want to just expand on what led you to tweet that 
Yeah, we call that a direct shot over the bow, right? Like I'm essentially saying that Joe Biden's cowardice is allowing this to happen. And listen, I'm not on the name calling train. I think you know that about me. It, it's, yes. That's not what it's about to me. I don't know that 12 Democrats wouldn't have done this better. And I can't tell you that Trump wouldn't have done it worse. I, I just can't make those promises. So it's not partisan. But today, Joe Biden's president. And today, four of my brothers were killed. And I don't think they, they should have been. And you know what? Here's the deal. I'm a, I'm a Marine. If I'm going to die, let it be saving somebody's life, not guarding an airport while I know people are out there desperate for me to come get them. Right. That's that's the dishonor part of this. That's the give us the dignity of quitting with honor part of this. This is a cowardice move, because I guarantee you in the White House right now, it's still the, the, the intent is still we, we need to get out of there and run for this as soon as we can before anyone else gets killed. It's not let's figure out what we need to do there combat wise to get our people out of there. And that's just that's an absolute disgrace. I'm just letting these words sink in because I obviously know that you're right, but I don't want to believe that that's true. And yet, when you hear the State Department say, and the Secretary of State yesterday made this point, we're going to continue our efforts to get people out of Afghanistan after August 31st. And then the Pentagon says, well, we're not going to be actively participating in that, meaning it won't be our service members running those missions, again, the disconnect with the promises being made and still being held out for people versus the reality, it just seems to be compounding the betrayal here, right? Or am I I too cynical about this? We own two things. We own the air and we own the night. And the only thing that has ever threatened those two things is the weapons and capabilities that we allowed our enemy to obtain from us in bad planning and execution. But we still own the air and we still own the night. And this arbitrary deadline for the purposes of political promises, Kev, is going to send this man's political career into the drain, which is the irony here. But secondly, it shouldn't be what limits us from doing the right thing and doing it in the safest way. We should use the air and use the night. We should have done this a week ago. Take three or four high-value targets, bring in however many more troops is necessary to expand the cordon, go out, bomb three or four things so the Taliban understands where we're coming from. And those things being maybe stockpiles that we left there that they've taken over, maybe even our own, own embassy or the presidential palace. I, I don't know because I'm not on the ground and that's not my job. But you get their attention, you expand your court, and you do it at the exact same time. And you just tell them, matter, matter of fact, you're going to get a country out of this. We've decided that. Do you want to die doing it, or do you want to walk into empty halls after we're gone? That's your choice. That's not a hard strategy. And, like, I'm not a, I'm not, I didn't go to the war college, but I happen to have went to war and have an education on it. And, and that's not a hard strategy to start with and then figure out the details from there. And it just seems like the reluctance to even look at that tells me, this is so much more political than strategic or even tactical that it puts every single service member and American there in jeopardy that they don't need to be in. Joey, yesterday we had Juan Williams here on the show, and I'm not picking on Juan because I know what he said represents what a lot of people believe or are professing to believe, including people in the administration and a lot of their most ardent defenders. They say that the criticism of the execution of this withdrawal is vastly overblown. It's the media's fault for covering this too unfairly. It might be Americans' fault for not leaving sooner and heeding previous warnings. 
It's actually an amazing airlift and a great achievement. The White House said you can't call this anything other than a success. I mean, we've heard all the spin, and and Juan echoed, and I respect Juan, and, and he's a friend of the show, but he echoed a lot of those talking points yesterday, essentially saying no matter what the United States did, it was always going to be basically like this, that we couldn't have done better in executing the withdrawal. You've now glanced on it already in this interview, but if you can explicitly address the argument being made by some people that what we are seeing and what we have watched over the last two weeks and what, unfortunately, we are likely to watch continue over the coming days, that that's the best the United States of America could have done in this task. Well, there's a couple of things here. One, we knew the government wouldn't hold. The government it wasn't accepted throughout the country. It certainly wasn't accepted in the Pashtun region, uh, where uh, Taliban fighters come over from Pakistan all the time. So we knew the government would fall. To say they didn't know that, Tom Monroe, okay, fair enough. Maybe you thought it was going to take six months. What we do know for a fact is that we've been trying to get the people that they've evacuated, not looking true, evacuated. And we can talk about the semantics of those two words. But the people that they have evacuated in this airlift have been trying to get permission to leave Afghanistan for months, if not a year. So if, if you can't point blame on yourself anywhere else, ask yourself why you could not get those people SIV opportunities for the last four or five months, past six months, however long President Biden has, has been there. Like that, That's number one, right? That's just a simple question nobody's asked so far. And if they have, I haven't heard a good answer. All right, then you go from there and say, okay, now tactically, what could we have done differently? Well, what we know now today is that whoever made the assessment that bringing people into Kabul through the city and into that airport was a bad decision. All right, so at least fire that person or explain to me why that's the person you listen to. And so we can go down this line all day long and just talk about tactical decisions. The difference here is tactical decisions are in the moment. These are the tactics we use when crap hits the fan. Strategic decisions are this is what we are going to purposely go in and do without a catalyst. This is, this is our strategy for the next nine months, our strategy for the next three months. We can go tactical, we can go strategic, and we can even go political and talk about all the ways that we made bad decisions. And if you're telling me that in the moment those were good decisions, then you better fire every single person that backed that up and presented that to you. And then we'll Joey Jones, you tweeted also today calling on Afghanistan war veterans in the United States to engage in a peaceful protest, a march on Washington, to send a message to the President of the United States. Talk to us about why you're calling for a protest and what that message, or at least the intended message, would be to the Commander-in-Chief right now. We have Americans in Afghanistan. We have troops that are getting killed. Do something. Make decisions that save lives. Don't make decisions that unnecessarily risk lives. That, that's, the, that's the point right now. I don't care. I, I don't care if you made this mess. I don't care if it's Trump's fault. I don't care if we fought this war for 20 years. And I don't care if there's ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and everything else there. Make decisions, movements, be swift about it, and get these lives out of this country so that we don't have to read the headlines next week where four Americans have been beheaded or four American troops were killed because we're there another week after the deadline, but we didn't get anything done in that week, and they were sitting on a wall when a bomb went off or a mortar came over it because you're scared to death to have them go outside the wire and do their job. I don't know a Marine 
on that base that wouldn't rather die saving Americans than sitting on a flight line protecting Joe Biden's political legacy. Do you think that there's any chance that we're going to alter course here? Because there are reports today that, if anything, the, what are they calling it, retrograde, the retreat, the withdrawal of our military forces has continued, if not expedited, escalated. A hundred percent. That's what I think. I, I think that, um, I think exactly that. I think what the narrative will be, and, and I may be completely wrong, but I talk about this. I don't get to make the decisions. I think the narrative will be we, we've got to get this done as soon as possible. I, I think that'll be the, honestly, that's what I think. You know, the, they may use some big spin about how this is the sworn enemy of the Taliban and it's their fight to to have and, and not our fight or what have you. I mean, the Taliban's come out and blamed us. They said, hey, this happened in a place where the U.S. was holding security, which is laughable. Um, and so I, I think that'll be their position because it, they back themselves in the corner and I don't see them fighting back out of it anytime soon. That's why I said maybe we just need to march up there and let them know that's not an acceptable, that's not an acceptable answer. And I'm not saying, hey, let's go back to war. I'm not saying let's go find every ISIS-K member that did this today, if that's who did it. I would love for that to be the case, but I know that's not feasible and not what our politicians want to do. But to the very least, let's take care of our people now. Let's go get them now. Let's make the processes work now. You say it's unacceptable. I agree, but I think quite manifestly it is acceptable and being accepted by the administration. If they don't heed what you're saying, if they continue on their path, and by Tuesday, at the latest, all of our forces are out of Afghanistan. Last question, Joey. What does that mean for the Americans who are almost certain to have been left behind and for the people who have helped us for 20 years, thousands of whom will be left behind? I mean, I think the only, only uncertainty here, the, I think the biggest surprise is not that the Afghan government fell. I think the biggest surprise for the Biden administration is that they're not being able to blame this on Trump the way they thought they could. That, I mean, that's what I truly believe, is that the, the, the risk assessment was, hey, if this goes bad, we can blame it on Trump and, and people will get behind that. I think the problem here is that when, you, when he really just kind of adapted Trump's messaging but did not adapt Trump's plan, and, and I don't know specifics. Like I said, Trump's plan might have been just as bad, but the, even their messaging reiterated that he adapted Trump's messaging, but not his overall plan. Then you own so much of it, you can't run away from it. And that is the only thing that would be a saving grace, is if they make the political calculated decision that, that responding correctly is the only way to save themselves politically, that would be the only change. I just don't see that happening because it hasn't happened yet. Joey Jones, a retired Marine who was wounded gravely in Afghanistan. He's now a Fox News contributor. We're very proud to have him as a colleague. And he is host of that Fox podcast, Proud American. And we're proud of you and so many of your other brothers and sisters in arms, even if we're not proud of what is happening right now under the policy of the United States of America and our government. Joey, thank you for your insights. God bless you. And we'll have you back soon. Thanks, Rob. We'll take a break. It's The Guy Benson Show. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, 
everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.